wasting any time tonight. We're going to go straight in. If you just want to hear from Jesus tonight, would you lift up both of your hands? Jesus, we invite you now to come and speak, to come and move, Lord. Would you speak to fear? Would you speak to doubt? We invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to wreck us with something new, something fresh. We love you, Jesus.
Young Adults, how we doing tonight? We good? We good? All right, y'all can be seated. So, hey, everybody, my name is Zach Atwood, and I'm one of the interns here on staff. Um, got a couple announcements for y'all, but first off, if this is your first time here, can you just lift up a hand? We see you. Let's give them a round of applause. Awesome. Hey, welcome, welcome. So, just know that you guys are an answered prayer, and we pray that you just feel so welcomed here. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, head out after service, meet with our info booth team, our YA Connect team, and get to know them. They'll answer any questions that you guys may have, or they'll get you plugged into the YA community. All right, so announcements. First announcement is this, is that next week, AKA March 29th, we will not be meeting. Oh, frowny face, sad. Um, <laughs> the reason for that is that as a church, we're getting prepped and ready for the Christian Super Bowl, AKA Easter. Yeah, we can give it up for Easter, come on. All right. <laughs> So uh, if you guys, if you want to be part of that, if you want to get prepped and ready with us, we would encourage you guys, like, let's be a Wyatt community that goes first and volunteers for Easter. Um, our biggest need right now as a church is our Kids Rock, and our biggest location in need is Evergreen. So let's be a Wyatt community that goes to where we're needed and volunteer there. So how to volunteer, you pull out the Red Rocks Church app on your phone, either download it now or open it up and click the join the team button. It's the first button. It'll walk you step by step on how to get involved. All right, we'll also have a couple people out front in the lobby that'll be able to answer any questions you may have about volunteering and get you signed up tonight. Next announcement is this, is that we have Red Conference coming up. Yeah, Red Conference. So Red Conference is like tonight on steroids and for three days. So it's April 25th, 26th, and 27th, and it's going to be three nights in three days of worship and sermons and breakout sessions and community. So you do not want to miss it. But ticket prices are going up on April 1st, and that ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. April 1st, ticket prices go up. So get your tickets tonight. We're going to have a booth out in the lobby where you can purchase them. And just, just do yourself a favor. Do your wallet a favor. Buy it tonight so that way you can buy some sick swag when you're at conference because you saved yourself some money. Good? All right. My final announcement, it requires a little bit of audience participation. So can I have everyone just, just clap right now? Okay. Good, good. Uh, can I get an Amen. Can I get a, that's good. Okay, all right, so y'all can clap and y'all can say things. So if there's something in tonight's sermon that Connor says that you're, you're saying, that's good, shout it out. If you're saying amen, that's good. There's probably like 30 people around you that want to do the same thing. So just lead the charge, clap it out. Um, you guys, we are so excited and expectant for tonight. Connor's going to bring a phenomenal word. So yeah, get ready, get excited, and welcome to week three of God Still Speaks.
How's everybody doing tonight? We good? Man, I'm, I'm regretting this hoodie already. I can feel it. I've, I've got sweat beating on my face already. Awesome. Hey, um, thanks for coming tonight. Hey, why don't you look to your neighbor real quick? Sorry, I start off by talking about my sweat problems. That's awesome. Um, look to your neighbor. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. Try to greet somebody you don't know. Let them know that you, they are so lucky that they get to sit by you tonight because you have come expectant and God's going to do something special. Hey, is there any new people in the house? Any first-time guests with us tonight? Hey, why don't we give it up for our first-time guests? You got to commit. If one person claps, we got to commit. Hey, we're so thankful that you're here. Um, honestly, we're thankful, not because you add to any following or help us increase our attendance, but honestly, this is why we're thankful that you came to check us out tonight, is because we believe that Jesus is here and that his Holy Spirit is here. And, and trust us, we are painfully aware that young adults and Red Rocks Church has very little power to change anybody's life. Um, but we believe that one encounter with Jesus can change the trajectory of your life forever. And so that is why we're here. That is why we're gathered. That is what we are believing for tonight for you and for everybody in this place. And so if it's your first time here, we just want to say welcome. We're so excited to have you. Um, we are in our final week of our series, God Still Speaks. And I'm just going to recap really quick. Um, Doug kicked us off in week one talking about how God uses people to speak to us and then in turn will use us to speak to other people. And then he betrayed us all by telling us he was going to Austin <laughs> like a jerk, like a thorough jerk. Gosh. <clears throat> no, we're excited for him. Really, we are. Um, and then last week, Jess talked about how God responds to us when we have the faith and the boldness to pray these audacious prayers, and that God responds to us, his voice to us when we go to him is always kind, it's always gentle, it's always peace-loving. And, and tonight, I want to kind of seal the series, I want to finish off the series by talking about um, if we serve a God that is still speaking, if we serve a, a God who speaks to us, what are some of the potential hindrances in hearing the voice of God in our everyday life? What are some hindrances to hearing the voice of God? And so my title is super creative. It is called Hindrances to Hearing. <laughs> Write it down. Take notes. Just newsflash, especially for new people. Notes get you a better spot in heaven. <laughs> when you get to the pearly gates... Michael's going to ask for your notes, and if you don't have any notes, guaranteed max you can do is a townhome, so, <laughs> which sounds great in Denver's market, am I right? Um, <clears throat> no, but uh, hindrances to hearing, but hey, before we jump in, let's pray, I need it, um, <laughs> and then we will get going, all right? Um, Jesus, we love you so much, we are so, so thankful that we get to gather here tonight. Um, it's for no other reason than to learn about you, to hear about you, to celebrate your grace and your goodness towards us. God, we don't gather for any other reason than to come and to learn from you. And so, God, as we're talking about these hindrances to hearing from you, I pray that you would give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that are open and willing to obeying the call that you put on our life. God, if anybody came in here with broken hearts or their heads down, God, you're the uplifter of our hearts. You're 
you're the uplifter of our heads, and I pray that tonight you can do what only you do, which is bring healing and wholeness to the human soul. And so, Jesus, we love you so much. We are so excited to spend time with you tonight. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anybody got your Bibles? Any Bibles? Awesome. Hey, this is a softball pitch for everybody tonight, all right? We are going to start in Genesis 1. Genesis chapter 1. Everybody should be on the same page. It is the very first page in your Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Turn there. And, and so tonight we're going to be talking about um, if, if God speaks... What are some hindrances to hearing his voice? But before we kind of jump into the hindrances, I kind of just want to establish for everybody that God does, in fact, still speak to us. That we serve a God that is a speaking God. He is a communicator, and he wants to communicate with you right now on an individual basis. And so Genesis chapter 1, what an amazing place to start. Um, Genesis 1.1, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 is the account, the story of creation. It's the story about how God brought about everything that we experience here on earth, everything that we can touch and see and taste and feel. It's, it's the story of creation, and I honestly do believe that that is kind of the main thrust, the point that Genesis 1 is trying to make. But within that, in the very first three verses of the Bible, it shows us a very interesting character trait of the God that created the heavens and the earth. It says that God said, be. And things were. God said. Now that might not seem significant in, in, in the moment, but what it is showing, it is making a very bold declaration to us that God speaks, that he communicates. Because think about this. If God is God and he can do anything that he wants, God could create the heavens and the earth just out of the overflow of the essence of his being, right? He's like so powerful that it could just happen. Or the Bible says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God is so God that he, he literally like could think things into existence. But God, knowing full well what he's doing, it says that God spoke and all of creation responded to the sound of his voice. And I think that shows us an incredible thing about God right from the beginning of our Bibles is that God is a communicator. And he desires to communicate with his people, with us. And this, Genesis 1, is not an isolated incident. This is not like just the only time this happens. This, this theme of God speaking is actually all throughout the Bible. Um, it, it, and uh, Genesis chapter 3, right after God creates everything and Adam and Eve kind of screw it all up, it says that, that God went to them in the cool of the day and he spoke to them. He asked them, like, what, why are you hiding from me? In Exodus 3, God spoke to Moses through a, a burning bush. Um, I believe it's in Numbers 22. God spoke to this guy. He's a total jerk. His name's Balaam. And he spoke to him uh, through a donkey. God spoke to this guy, Balaam, through a donkey. Um, God, God spoke to Elijah on a mountain in a whisper. There was, there was a storm and there was rain and there was thunder and lightning and fire, but God came to him in a whisper. And all throughout the prophets, God found these men and these women to lead his nation by speaking to them and, and telling them the direction to take um, his people. And then at the very end of the prophets, 
there is this 400-year period where God is actually silent, and he doesn't say anything. But it's because he was preparing to not just speak, but to actually come. And after the 400 years, Jesus arrives on the scene, God himself in the flesh. And God comes to earth, and he doesn't just speak to people, but he literally goes around and he teaches people the truths of heaven. He performs miracles, and he shows people God's heart. And, and in the course of his, his time, he, he's doing so many amazing things and teaching so many profound truths about God that they actually, it aggravates the, the religious people of the day and they take him and they crucify him. And, and it, it was all a part of God's plan because he, he didn't just die, but the Bible says that he rose again. He hung on a cross to take the price of you and I, uh, of the things that we do wrong against God. He took the price of that. He was resurrected on on the third days, which we're about to celebrate on Easter, and he ascended into heaven, a live, living man, ascended to heaven, and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. But while Jesus was here speaking as a human, he actually said in John 16, it is better for me to go, <clears throat> because if I don't go, what he called the helper or the comforter won't come. And what he was saying was when he died and was raised again and then ascended to heaven for the final time until he comes back to get his church, what he was saying was when I leave, God is actually going to bring his spirit to dwell not just on the earth or not just in a certain place or not just two specific people. He's going to bring his spirit to dwell in anyone who claims the name of Christ and chooses to follow them with their entire life. And so God spoke through, through people and prophets in the Old Testament. He spoke through Jesus. And now God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. And through the course of history, the Holy Spirit inspired men and women of God to, to write um, text to preserve the holy word of God. And so now in 2018, right here in Denver, Colorado, God speaks to us through the power of his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit applying that word in our individual personal life. And so yes, we serve a God who speaks, he actively speaks, and he is still speaking to you today. That's pretty good. I mean, I could, you could do a little better. I'm just saying. So, if God still speaks, if we serve a God who speaks, then why sometimes do we find that it's hard to hear what he's saying? If we serve a God who actively speaks, the Bible is all about God speaking to his people. If we serve a God who speaks, why do we find it difficult sometimes to pick up on what God is saying? And um, I grew up in a home with a partially deaf father who had sleeping problems and loved sci-fi movies. And you're probably thinking, what in the world do these things have in common? Absolutely nothing. Until it's three o'clock in the morning and my deaf father cannot go to sleep and so he goes into the living room and turns on Aliens vs. Predators and maxes out the TV and I wake up to my room shaking. Literally, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly when this was. I was either in middle, middle school or high school. But I distinctly remember one, it was like a Wednesday or Thursday, laying in bed. I don't know why, but I just remember this so clearly. Looking at the clock, it was like 3.22. And I wake up to the blood-curdling scream of this alien taking its final breath 
as like Will Smith holds like a laser gun over it or whatever and like finishes it off like and I'm just like oh my gosh like what is happening like I, I literally I felt like there's like a demon in my room and I just start like oh Lord Jesus like grab my Bible like you know do the do the cross thing I'm not even Catholic but I'm just like whatever works like get this out of here and I realized my dad just so happened to wake up. He couldn't fall asleep, and so he decided to watch Independence Day um, as loud as possible in the living room. And uh, actually, over Christmas, my wife and I, um, we, went to, uh, we went back to Virginia, and I don't know if it was this Christmas or last Christmas, but we noticed, like, it is, like, abnormally normal, like, in this house. Like, the volume is not cranked. Well, for my wife, it's always cranked, but, like, um, but like it's abnormally normal in here and come to find out this is awesome like technology my dad got a hearing aid that has Bluetooth attached to the TV and so now he can like listen to Independence Day as loud as he wants and no more earth-shattering like wake-ups in the middle of the night <laughs> but, but the point of the story the whole point of that watch me tie this in here this, you know what I mean <laughs> The whole point of the story, it wasn't that the TV volume was broken or that the TV wasn't producing noise. The TV on a normal setting was producing plenty of noise. My dad, just from birth, for whatever reason, grew up with a hearing problem and he could not hear the noise that the TV was producing. And I feel like oftentimes that's how we can kind of feel about God and this whole topic of God speaking. I think if we're honest, we know that God speaks. We hear people talk about it all the time. We have friends and family or whatever that, man, God said this to me. God said this to me. Um, it can oftentimes feel like we know God is speaking, but then why then, for whatever reason, do we feel like we can't hear what he's saying? And so we're going to turn to a second story in the Bible. You guys are getting super spiritual tonight. First Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, second story of the Bible, which means you don't have to read your Bible anymore this week and you are good to go. I'm kidding. I'm actually going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but 1 Samuel chapter 3, let me kind of set this up for you really quick. Um, Samuel was son to a lady named Hannah. Now, Hannah um, married this guy who had another wife. Not a good idea, fellas. Um, he had this other wife, and for whatever reason, this other wife uh, had a bunch of kids, and Hannah couldn't have kids. And so they would go to the tabernacle before the temple was built. They would go to the tabernacle and they would worship God. And on this one time going, Hannah went and she, she actually starts praying and crying out to God um, to give her a son. And she was actually praying so hard that, that Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk and went to kick her out of the tabernacle. And she's like, no, I swear, I'm just praying. Like, I haven't been drinking. Um, true story. Uh, and so she goes there and she's praying and she's like, God, like, if you give me a child... I will dedicate them to your service. If you give me a child to shut this woman up who's like making fun of me and pick, if you give me a child, I will raise him in your tabernacle. I will give him over to you. And that's exactly what happens. God answers her prayer. He gives her a child named Samuel. And when he is ready to kind of be on his own, she, she takes him to Eli the priest, the same one that thought she was drunk. And drops him off and says, hey, I've, I made this promise to God that, that my son Samuel is going to serve him if God gives me a son. And so Samuel literally 
grows up in church. Like, I know there's a lot of us that, like, went to Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service. Like, Samuel grew up in church for real. And so that is kind of where we pick up on this story. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. It's a long one, so buckle up. All right, here we go. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There were no frequent visions. And at the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, um, so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And that's important because basically what they would do in the tabernacle is they would light this lamp in the middle of the night to show that God's presence is like continuing. It doesn't fade in the night. And uh, as soon as the morning came up, they would, they would put it out because there was light outside. And so when it's saying that um, this lamp hadn't gone out, it was like three in the morning or something like that. And so Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called to Samuel. Um, oh, I lost my part. Okay. The Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am, Samuel. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, Eli, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down again. So when he went and he laid down, and the Lord called to Samuel again, he said, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, here I am, you called me. But he said, no, I didn't call you, my son. Go lay down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, man. Like, what do you want? Like, you're calling me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was actually calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as he had the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant now hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which two ears of everyone who hears will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli, the same, the priest, all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall never be atoned for by sacrifice and offering forever. And that's what I want to talk about, never being atoned. No, I'm kidding. That's, God's getting like super serious. Um, so Samuel lay until morning. So first time God speaks to him heavy stuff, okay? Um, Samuel lay until morning, and he opened the doors to the house of the Lord, and he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what did the Lord tell you? What did he tell you? Don't hide it from me. May God do to you so and more if you hide anything from me that he told you. And so Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And so Samuel, much like myself as a child, was uh, woken up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. Me to aliens, Samuel to the voice of God. <laughs> Pretty similar, though. Um, no, I'm kidding. But just like a lot of us, Samuel had trouble discerning the voice of God when he heard it. Just like a lot of us in our normal everyday, Samuel had trouble discerning the voice of God when he heard it. And I want to use this story to talk about three potential hindrances that we can face when hearing the voice of God. And the first one is this. There is power in proximity. 
There's power in proximity. Samuel was in position to hear from God because of his proximity to God's presence in the tabernacle. Now, back in that day, God's presence, like, yes, God dwelt in heaven, but his presence rested in one certain place, either the temple or the tabernacle. And God only spoke to specific people, to rulers, to kings, to judges, and the prophets. And so Samuel, kind of by default, was close in proximity to the presence of God. Therefore, it might have made it a little clearer and easier to hear God's voice. He literally grew up in church. He grew up in the tabernacle. And so just by default, proximity to him was really close to the presence of God. And so today, because the Holy Spirit dwells within each of us, we draw close to God in proximity by daily communion with him through prayer, through reading our Bible, through worshiping him, and through listening to the nudges and the whispers of his Holy Spirit. We hear from God through the reading of his word and through this everyday continual process of getting more familiar and more familiar with the voice of God by being in his word and by listening to the Holy Spirit and by praying and talking to God on a daily basis. And so if you're in here tonight and you might be thinking, man, I believe that God speaks. I believe that there is a God out there who wants to speak to me. But if I'm being honest, I I just feel like I'm not hearing his voice right now. The first hindrance that we kind of find can be what I want to call a proximity issue. And so rather than just explaining this, I want to bring my good buddy Doug up here to help me demonstrate this point. Guys, can we give it up for Doug? So for the first time in Doug's life, he's going to represent God. The voice of God. This is dangerous. And so Doug's going to stand over here. And my proximity to Doug is going to represent my, my, my closeness with God via, via um, my daily devotion and spending time with God. Okay? And, and just a disclaimer here. This is, this is an example. This is an illustration. If you are here to poke theological holes in this illustration, I assure you there will be plenty especially now that Doug is involved. And so, <laughs> kidding, that was just low-hanging fruit. Um, and so, but, so Doug is going to represent the voice of God, and, and, and my closeness to him is going to represent just my daily communion with him. And so, let's start today. It's a Thursday. We're coming to Young Adults. We're pumped. We've got our Jesus calling, and we're halfway through John chapter 1. We're feeling good about ourselves, right? Hillsong just released the new song for their album. We've yeah. listened to it a thousand times. We're, we are communing with God. We are close to God. And so I'm opening my Bible. I'm reading, and I'm like, God, today is going to be a great day. Tis the day I have made. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and God, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff kind of going on in my life, but... Um, you know, I'm in your word, and I'm reading your promises, and I, I'm just believing that you have the best in store for me. I'm believing, God, that I'm going to hear your voice, and you're going to lead me. I don't know. What do you think, God? I think you're, you're on to something. Got plans for your future, buddy. Awesome. Awesome. And so Thursday happens, and I meet this awesome girl on Thursday, right? Her name is Erin. She's a knockout, and, and, and I meet her, and I get her number, and things are feeling good, and it's Friday, and I'm pumped, and I'm living off the high, and so I open my Jesus calling, and I open my Bible, and I'm like, God, today is awesome. This is the day that you have made, and I've met this girl at church of all places. I don't know. What do you think, God? Go for it, man. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. I'm taking that as a green light. 
And so it's Friday, and my friends are chilling, and I've had a long day at work, and, and um, I, they want to go downtown and hang out. And so we go to a restaurant, we have a great time, and, and I get home really late, and it's Saturday, right? And Saturday morning, everybody knows bowl of Cheerios and cartoons, am I correct? And so Saturday comes, and I kind of waste my morning, and I got to get to the gym because summer's right around the corner, and then my friends want to go out again. And so, I, you know, I didn't pray, I, I didn't hear, you know, I didn't spend time with God today, but... Um, I, tomorrow, Sunday, I'm going to go to church. And so Sunday rolls around, and you have a great time. And you're like, you know what, God? I've been thinking about this girl um, that, I, that I met at church on Thursday. I don't know. What do you think? Should I still go for it? Are, are, what do you think I should do? Go for it, man. All right. Awesome, awesome. But Monday comes around, right? And I got to get to work early on Monday because I've got this project that needs to get done. And I've been late a handful of times. And my boss said, if I'm late one more time, I'm out of there. And so Monday comes around and I don't have time to be in the Bible. And I don't have time to read God's word or pray. And, and then Monday kind of rolls into Tuesday. And then Tuesday rolls into Wednesday. And then, and then just so you know, this, this distance here is not God separating himself from you. God never separates himself from you. This just shows kind of what happens when we hear God's voice and distractions kind of get in the way. And so Monday rolls into Tuesday. Tuesday rolls into Wednesday. I get this call from one of my friends, and it's this awesome new job opportunity, right? But I got to move to the middle of nowhere, Montana, but I'm going to make 300,000 bucks, right? And I'm like, God, oh my gosh, uh, I, I, I feel all this pressure because I got to make this decision. Um, God, what, I don't know, what do you think? My friend wants an answer by the end of the week. I don't know, what do you think about this job? I'll make your path straight, buddy. I'll make them straight, go for it. Awesome. I'm struggling to hear you a little bit, but... I think it was a green light, I don't know. And so Wednesday rolls into Friday, and that one week rolls into maybe two weeks or maybe three weeks, and, and I've got this girl that I'm still talking to, and I've got this job on the line, and I haven't given my friend an answer, and then on top of it, I just get a call from a family member, and, it's, and they say that they're sick, and they're not doing well, and they know that I'm a Christian, and they want me to kind of go to God, but my life is so busy, and it's so hectic, and I feel all this pressure. I don't know, God, what do you think about, what should, what should I tell my family member that's not feeling well? All right, I, I think I hear what you're saying, but I'm not too sure. And now I'm stressed out because I've got all this stuff kind of going on in my life. I've got this girl that I really like, but if I take this job, I'm going to have to leave her. But if I stay here, I'm going to be broke and live in an apartment the rest of my life, and I'm going to miss out on all this money, and I've got a family member that's sick, and I've got all this pressure. God, I don't know. Like, God, would you just give me some direction? God, just tell me the next step. What should I do next? And here's the point. Here's the point. It's the stresses of life that can sometimes pull us from that daily routine of getting to hear God. And this is what's awesome. I don't know if you heard him or not, but even as I was more distracted with the stresses of life piling up, every time I went to God, he still answered. He always answered me. And this is what I love about the Bible, right? This is what I love about the Bible because say I've got this job opportunity, I've got this girl, I've got this family member, and um, I don't know what to do. And I realize, man, it's been a while since I've spent some close time with God. I feel like it's been a while since I've been in my Bible. And I feel like it's been a while since I've actually prayed and like wanted to spend time with God for the sake of spending time and not just kind of sorting out all this stuff in my life. And this is how good God is. This is what's awesome. The Bible says, the second I repent and I turn to God, it says, God draws near. 
to us. And this is what's awesome. This is what's awesome. God picks up right where you left off. It's not this thing where you have to walk and earn. Doug, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Give it up for Doug. The point is, God did not withdraw himself from me. God wasn't punishing me by staying silent. God was speaking the entire time. Doug answered every single question I threw his way. The problem was I struggled to hear it because I wasn't developing a daily routine of familiarizing myself with God's voice. Listen, God doesn't punish you by drawing away from you. It's not this like shaking his finger at you for not reading your Bible. What it is doing is allowing the distractions in life. Everybody has distractions, myself included. Jesus had distractions. Everybody had. Everybody has distractions. It's not that God withdraws when we don't spend that time. All it is is we kind of distance ourselves. We unfamiliarize ourselves with what the voice of God is actually saying, but he answers every single time we go to him. So if you're in here tonight, you can see that God is always speaking. The question is, do we go to the source daily? Do we talk to him? Do we want to hear from him? Do we want to read his word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our life? Or do we allow those distractions to distance us and mess with our proximity to God's voice? There is power in proximity and a daily familiarizing yourself with the voice of God. And maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, I haven't been hearing God's voice. And if I'm being honest, it might be a proximity issue. But if you're in here tonight and that's not you, the second hindrance that can maybe keep us from hearing God's voice clearly is this. It's religion over relationship. And I know this might sound like a drum that I beat all the time, but it's awesome because it, honestly, it's here even in the story of Samuel. So get this, um, 1 Samuel 3.1, it says this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Samuel was ministering to the Lord. And a few short verses later in verse uh, 7, it says this. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So in this story, it says that Samuel was ministering to the Lord, but he didn't know him. So Samuel was carrying out all the religious duties of the day. Samuel was in the parking lot, parking the donkeys as people were coming in to the tabernacle and the neighbors were going nuts at him. Like Samuel was like, I'm sorry. I know this donkey parked in front of your driveway. He won't do it again. All right. Samuel's out there, he's ushering, he's helping people find seats, he's, he's uh, get, getting the bread ready and just he's doing whatever tabernacle people do. He's ministering to the Lord, but it says that he doesn't know him. And get this, God was calling out to him and he couldn't recognize whose voice it was, even though he was serving him. While Samuel knew about the things of God, he did not yet know God himself. And this actually gives me so much joy and so much peace and comfort. And you might be thinking, why? Why in the world would this give you joy? Because Samuel could not recognize the voice of God through working and doing empty religious activity. The voice of God was only revealed to Samuel through the context of relationship. 
God, like he always does, calls Samuel to himself. He calls out to Samuel like he calls to us for the context of relationships. Samuel hears the voice of God not, not by doing something for him. He was doing something for God like his whole life. And when God called, he had no idea who it was. He, he recognized the voice of God, it said, when God revealed himself to him by knowing who God is rather than doing something for him. And after this revelation of who God is, Samuel says, speak, God, for your servant hears. I wonder if one of the biggest things holding us back from hearing the voice of God in our life when we know he's speaking, but we just can't seem to hear what he's saying. I wonder if it's because we've kind of gotten back on the treadmill of performance. We've gotten back on the treadmill of performance. Instead of simply walking in a relationship with God, we've gotten into this mindset of doing for God and doing for God and trying to earn for God. And if I do enough, and if I volunteer on Easter, and if I volunteer on parking and in kids, and if I join a life group, and if I lead a life group, and if I give more than 10%, um, I'll be able to hear God's voice. I'll have earned it. And when I was reading this, I was kind of thinking, God, performance Honestly, it's not that bad. Like performance isn't that bad. Like God, the Bible actually calls us to, to live righteously, to walk um, in a godly way. To, the Bible says like we should volunteer. The Bible says that we should give. The Bible says that we should do all these things. God, like performance isn't that bad. How could performing keep us from hearing your voice? Um, and please hear me. Like I was saying, joining a life group, volunteering for you, that is all amazing things. But this is what God said to me. Performance makes for a terrible foundation in a relationship from hearing from God. Performance makes for a terrible foundation from hearing from Jesus. Grace is the only foundation that can get us hearing God's voice on a regular basis. If the grace of God is strong enough and good enough to save the human soul from, from sin and death and hell and the grave, God's grace is powerful enough and strong enough to sustain you in hearing his voice and walking in relationship with him. The reason... If, if you're kind of on the treadmill of performance tonight and you're not hearing God's voice, honestly, he, he might be doing you a favor. God might be doing you a favor. You say, why? Like, why is that? Why, why would God be doing me a favor by, by putting me in a season where I can't hear from him? Because God doesn't want to reward wrong thinking and, and bad behavior. And this is what I mean. If God would reward you when you work for him, it immediately becomes a transactional relationship. And trust me, on our end, that is not something that we want. But if God would actually reward this performance mentality, it'd be like, God, I prayed, put a quarter in the machine. God, I gave, put a quarter in the machine. God, I volunteered for Kids Rock, put a quarter in the machine. And then I'm going to punch in the request that I want. And God, I want to hear from you on this. But that's a cheap, cheap version of what God actually offers to us. He's not looking for you to check off a checklist to hear his voice. He's not looking for you to work for absolutely anything. God simply wants to walk in relationship with you. The Bible says that God actually sees us as friends. And so maybe if you're in here tonight, and proximity is not the issue, but you're in here and you know that God speaks, 
But for whatever reason you're having trouble hearing from him, maybe you've just started and maybe you've willfully done it. Maybe you've unwillfully done it. You didn't even know, but you've gotten back on that treadmill. Can I suggest to you the best thing you can do to break that cycle and hear from God is just understand that he loves you just as you are. There is nothing that you could ever bring to the table that would benefit God in a way that you could earn anything. You can sit in your seat right now in this service knowing that you are good enough because of what Jesus has done for you to where God will speak to you because he loves you and he simply wants to know you, period. End of story. End of story. Band, you guys can make your way on up. I'm wrapping up here. The final hindrance um, to hearing the voice of God that I want to talk about tonight is simply this. It's fear. The final hindrance to hearing God's voice is fear. And more specifically, it is the fear of obedience. The fear of obedience. Now, I'm not going to reread it, but I'm going to kind of review the story of Samuel real quick. Um, God's calling out to Samuel. He's been working for him his whole life. Samuel has no idea who it is. So Samuel goes to Eli because he thinks Eli is calling for him. And Eli's like, no, that wasn't me. I think it was God. So Samuel says, okay, God, if that's you, speak to me. And God starts to download some of the most heavy stuff on Samuel, like first thing. And what he's saying is basically Eli, this priest, he had two sons that totally disrespected um, um, the tabernacle and, and sacrifices to God. And so what he was saying was, hey, Samuel, Eli and his sons, they're done. And you are actually taking over the place of your mentor. And I'm going to kind of take those people out. My judgment has fallen on them. And I'm telling you this. And people think that Samuel's maybe 12, maybe 13 years old at this time. So super heavy stuff. And he's basically saying, Samuel, you're going to replace Eli. You're going to replace his wicked sons. And I'm going to judge them. And you are going to be the person that I am replacing them with. Now imagine this. This wasn't just like the, the, the pastor of Samuel's life. This, he was kind of like a fatherly figure because Samuel was dropped off in the tabernacle as soon as he was able to, to kind of eat normal food and be able to be, be raised like a normal human being. And so Eli, not only did he spend his life showing Samuel all the things of God, all the rituals, he kind of raised him. And so imagine the first time God speaks to you, he's saying, hey, your mentor, you're surpassing him and he's done. That's some scary stuff. It actually says in verse 15, it says, Samuel was afraid to tell Eli his vision. Now, luckily, we live in a time where God's judgment does not fall on our shoulders. God's judgment has, God has judged all of us through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. And so if you are in here tonight and you are a follower of Jesus, God's judgment to you is pure. His judgment to you is clean. His judgment to you is forgiven. His judgment to you is son or daughter because of what Jesus did for us. That is God's judgment to us. But it doesn't minimize the fact that when we hear from the word when we hear from God, when God speaks to us, when he gives us a word, there is a weight of responsibility to hearing God's voice. And that weight is obedience. The weight of responsibility to actually hear God's voice 
is a weight to respond to what God is saying. It's, it's a weight of obedience. And all of us in here, all of us want to hear God's voice. We want to read the Bible and open the Bible and have it come alive. We want to read stories and have the Holy Spirit be like, this is how this applies to you and this is how it applies to your situation. And we know God speaks and we know that's possible. But maybe... If you're in here tonight and it's not a proximity thing and it's not a religion over relationship thing, maybe it's an actual fear thing where the weight that you feel of this responsibility to hearing from God, you might just not be sure what comes out on the other side. Because here's the thing, hearing from God sometimes can be scary and you might be afraid of what is on the other side of obedience. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Maybe tonight God is calling you to confess a sin that you have had hidden in your life for a very long time. And maybe God is calling you to confess that sin to the person that you offended. Or maybe God is calling you to confess that sin to a wife or to, to a significant other or to a family member. Maybe you're afraid of the thoughts that they might have about you if you actually come clean about, about what God is saying to you. And maybe you're like, God, is there any other way? God, I feel like you're not speaking to me in any other areas in my life. Maybe that's because you're, you're wrestling with the fear of obeying what God has actually said to you. Maybe tonight God is calling you to end a relationship that you're in that's not honoring to God. And that is a scary thing. Because you might be like, God, I, I love this person. This person's awesome. They're a great person. Like, I love this person, but you know in your heart it's not honoring God. It's not taking you closer to God. It's not making you more like Jesus. And so maybe obedience, the weight of obedience, the weight of hearing God's voice is, is ending that relationship, and it's scary. Or maybe tonight God's calling you, his word to you is, hey, like, go take that job, move to that other state, leave everything you know behind and, and pursue me, take that step of faith. Or maybe God's voice to you is stay. And it feels like everybody around you is moving and everybody around you is doing different stuff. And you've got this fear building up inside of you that you're about to miss out on something that God has for you, right? And maybe obedience is for you to actually stay while everybody else around you seems to be gone. But can I tell you something? Can I assure you of something? That whenever God speaks to you and is asking you to do something that, that requires a faith step of obedience, can I assure you that on the other side of obedience is always peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that guards our mind and guards our heart. On the other side of obedience is peace. And so maybe you're in here tonight and you've allowed fear to dictate um, certain decisions on whether you're going to say yes to hearing the voice of God or no to the voice of God. Can I just remind you of what God's heart is for you? God's heart is a heart of love. It's a heart of joy. It's a heart of gentleness. It's a heart of kindness. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So whatever God is speaking to you and calling you to, it might be scary. And there might be some real legit fear attached to taking that step of faith and obedience. But I promise you, 
I can't promise your result, but I can promise you peace that surpasses all understanding when you decide to trust God with what he has told you and take that step of faith. And I promise you, if you are hearing from God and you have the courage to listen, no matter what it may cost, you'll hear from God again and you'll say, yeah, God, I'll take that step. And maybe it's gonna cost me a little more, but I know where you're leading me. So yeah, I'll take that step. And maybe you, you're walking into more and more turmoil out all around you because you're dealing with issues, but I promise you the deeper you go, the more peace you're going to have. Yes, God, I know it might cost me a lot, but I'll obey. I'll listen. Yes, God, I'll obey. I won't let fear dictate me here in your voice. I'm going to step into what you're asking me to do. If you're in here tonight, it could be anything. It could be uh, a fear of, uh, of who knows, confessing a sin, ending a relationship. It could be anything. Do not let fear dictate your decision to follow after Jesus, because I promise you peace is right on the other side. Can we all stand? We're gonna pray here in a minute. But if you're in here tonight and you feel like you're struggling to hear God, maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, listen, I know God speaks. I know that God speaks, but for whatever reason, maybe it's proximity, maybe it's religious obligation, maybe it's a fear of obedience, if you're in here tonight and you would say, hey, I feel like I'm struggling to hear God's voice, could you lift your hand? If you're in here and you're saying, I feel like I'm struggling to hear God's voice in my life. Now do me a favor, can you look around and just see that you're not alone? Listen, this is a process. This is something that God walks us through all throughout life. But this is my prayer tonight. Whether you are in here and, and, and you're raising your hand because you're like, man, I just, I just am not familiar with God's voice because I'm not in his word enough. Or maybe you're in here and you're like, listen, I don't know why, but I constantly find myself trying to perform and perform. Or maybe you're like, listen, I've actually heard God's voice and it's gonna cost me a lot to follow. This is my prayer, that God will speak to your heart tonight right now as we pray and we begin to worship and God is going to break the chains that are holding you back and you are going to hear the good, still, small whisper of the Holy Spirit in your heart saying, well done, well done. Just listen to me, let me guide you. And if you're in here tonight and you don't know God, awesome news for you. Just like Samuel was in church serving God, had no idea who he was, God called out to Samuel and said, Samuel, I know you. Samuel, I know who you are. If you are in here tonight and you don't know God, but you're saying, Connor, if there's a God out there that, is, that wants to speak to me, that wants to commune with me, I would love to get to know that God. If that is you and you say, I want to take the first step in maybe starting a relationship and, and being a Jesus follower. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? We're going to pray for you too. Awesome, I promise it is the best decision you will ever make. And God right now is speaking to you and this is what he's saying, welcome home, your family, I love you. Every wrong you've ever done is forgiven because of what I have done for you. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I love you so much and I'm so thankful, God that from the beginning of time, you wanna to speak to us. You're not trying to hide yourself from us. You're not trying to play any games. God, you wanna to speak to us. And so my prayer is that as we worship, as we lift up our hands and lift up our voice and let these chains fall off of us, that your Holy Spirit, through the power of your word, would speak to our hearts and to our minds. Would you affirm who we are in you? God, would you affirm that we are children of God? We're your sheep and we know your voice. A voice of a stranger, we're not gonna fall 
follow. And so God, I pray that if somebody is in here and they haven't heard from you, that you would speak to them. God, the step of obedience that they need to take. And for somebody that just accepted you as their Lord and Savior, God, we are so thankful. We want to celebrate. You're throwing a party in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
raise your hand uh, to say you just need to hear God's voice. Can you do that again? Every person that you're like, man, I just I'm having trouble and I just need to hear him. So I, I want to tell you what's what's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna sing another song right now. Um, it's one of my favorites right now, but it's it's called Defender. Um, it has one of the most intense lines. It says, you come back with the head of my enemy. It's just really intense. <laughs> so here, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm believing for in the next few moments. Um, guys, it's just not, it's not possible to have a, a room full of this many people and for there not to be very, very real, intense giants in many, many people's story. I wish, I wish we had time to just go through and listen to every person and hear um, what, they, what they daily have to bear alone a lot of time. But what I'm gonna believe for in the next moment is, I'm gonna ask a different question after the end of the song. I'm gonna say, okay, now who heard God speak? And I'm just gonna believe that in the next few moments that God is gonna speak, that he's gonna, He's gonna come back with the head of your enemy. He's gonna come back with victory for you. I'm believing right now that there's gonna be identities that are shored up. I'm believing right now that there's gonna be sicknesses, physical sicknesses that are healed in this room right now. 